Well, Nicole, another episode, another day, another Della. I got my glass of wine and I'm ready to rant. Heck yeah, we're ready to go. I got my tequila in hand with a big old ice cube and lots of opinions. I got lots of advice and lots of feelings. Uh, Yes, you do. (laughs) Shall we get to it? Let's go. (laughs) Here's another episode of Inside the Agency. Okay, so we are back with the fabulous Allison Riley to help us narrate and ask us questions and moderate uh, Q&A with ITA. So Allison, we are so glad to have you back. Well, I am glad to be back. It's always nice chatting with you guys. I think you guys have a lot of great information that people want to hear about and uh, happy to facilitate that for you guys. And we love that we had a busy girl. Yes. I was going to say we had to fit it in your busy schedule working with John Hamm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge deal. Huge deal. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, yeah. I just, uh, wrapped on, I can't even believe I'm saying this, um, a lead role in a John Hamm feature film with the, an Oscar winning director and Oscar nominated cinematographer. So uh, that yeah. <laughs> That's a good start to 2021. Oh my God. Like it's like, it was honestly like one of the sort of things that you like dream about as an actor, like the script was incredible based on uh, a book by, I believe it was a Swedish author. I read the book. The book is amazing. It's based on uh, the movie is called corner office. I think it's safe to say they've yes. already released, uh, you know, the leads, uh, in the media. So I think it's okay. I'm, <laughs> but it's fine that I say, Hey guys, me too. Uh, but it's based on a book called the room by, uh, uh, Jonas or Jonas. I'm butchering it. Uh, Carlson. And, uh, it's sort of a black comedy. And I think it can be best described, uh, as if being John Malkovich and office space had a baby. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I can't yeah. wait to see it. But yeah. let's, let's, before we jump into the questions for ITA, I want to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, how's your experience? Because I know a lot of actors think, oh, she got a lead on a movie. That's amazing. But let's just go back. This was not a gentle, hey, you auditioned. Hey, you had a callback. You got a booking. I actually would love to talk about kind of what you went through, not all the details, yes. um, going from Batwoman being told that, you know, unfortunately someone on set had been COVID positive Oof. to having to quarantine to getting a call back and having to zoom with the director in your home for this movie. Oh boy. Well, ladies, it was, it was a month, the most dramatic season yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So I think I auditioned for this project, uh, late December and mm-hmm. I remember getting the breakdown of being like, the lead was already cast. It said lead John Hammond. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And uh, threw it on tape, forgot about it. Like I try to do for most of my auditions, you do a good job. That's all you have control over. And you send it out. And if it's good, it's good. I mean, and if you're not right for it, as long as you're doing your best, that's got to be enough. And so then to my surprise, I get an email from performers management saying that I'm pinned. And mm-hmm. for me, just to be pinned for a lead in a feature, I'm just telling myself a pin is a win. And mm-hmm. I think it's also important to, to celebrate a pinning. It, even if it doesn't result in a booking, that's still a pin is a win in my book. And you have to celebrate all the steps to get to where you are, to appreciate to where you are. So I was pinned and a few weeks go by and then... We're not sure what's happening, and uh, but I've had a recurring role in Batwoman, and they 
definitely wanted me back and the dates were a little conflicting, but then they, Michelle and, and Nicole were fabulous and, and worked it out with casting the producers and they said, okay, well, if she AKA, does we it, just held, held <laughs> Batwoman back <laughs> until we heard. Yeah, I'm sure Michelle you worked her magic. More, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can speak to more about how, how you did that behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if you want to. No, it was more, I think, I think actors should know that agents obviously have tactics of how to handle things like this when you have a pin, which by the way, I loved when you said, call me a brooch and pin me, your response. <laughs> you the best line. And I was like, oh this is making my day. Uh, I think what was interesting is that, you know, of course you were pinned, then Batwoman's like, Hey, we just want to check your availability. And, you know, of course they give us these random two week dates. And I just kept saying, look, she's up for a lead on John Hamm movie. We just can't commit at this time. We can't commit at this time. And, you know, obviously I said, look, if anything happens that this will go away, if we don't confirm, please come back to me. I kept Mm -hmm. suspending them as long as I could till I knew we couldn't anymore. And then I had heard that you didn't get the movie and they were moving on, on the John Hamm movie. And so we accepted Batwoman. Of course, two days later, we get a call on the weekend and Allison has been told she's been possibly subjected to COVID, which thank God she wasn't. Um, And so, of course, urgent COVID tests were happening and you had a Zoom with the director. And then, of course, they, you know, they said at first it wasn't happening. So we had accepted Batwoman. Then it circles back to us and we get an offer for you. And then, of course, corner office has to work around Batwoman's dates. (laughs) It's just, yes, it was a lot of action. Oh, (laughs) yes. So luckily it all worked out with the COVID exposure and the timing. And we did the two weeks and we did everything safely. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, my Batwoman date uh, had to be moved the day before my first day on set. However, the Batwoman was uh, a night shoot, which I wrapped (laughs) at uh, 2 a.m. And my call time for corner office was 7.30 a.m. So... You know, I tried to sleep uh, according to my Fitbit. I got three hours of sleep, but you know, tough toodles. You just Those got are champagne problems going right. from I mean, one amazing show to one feature film, but it's exhausting for the actor yeah, for sure. But, you know, I mean, I, I heard an expression the other day, no crying on the yacht. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of my oh, attitude God. towards it. Like, I'm not like, oh, where I have to go on a night shoot to a feature with John Hamm. What, what, where? No, no, no. <laughs> like, just move forward, take it one moment at a time. And I felt alarmingly okay. <laughs> I had time to rest my eyes for a few moments between scenes. And it was a wonderful experience. The cast and crew were great. Uh, John was awesome. Uh, and all the local talent was awesome. And I really can't wait for you guys to see it. I can't wait to see it too. You know, I want to just sideline here and bring up something uh, that I think actors do need to know. If you are on a set and you have had a call saying that you could have been COVID exposed, the one thing that you can do that I think is very important for everyone to know is that you are allowed to leave a quarantine for medical attention or medical testing. So the good news is if you have a car and you can drive yourself to a drive-in COVID testing site, you can be tested and then do it again a few more days later, just to give yourself some peace of mind that, you know, that exposure hopefully hasn't led to a COVID diagnosis. I don't want actors to feel like that if they have been exposed, that they're completely disabled and they're stuck in their homes for two weeks. Now, listen, you should abide by that rule. It is a coastal health rule. And I don't know what it's called in the States, but 
I'm sure they have some nifty name for it, but just know that you are entitled to leave. And if you have two negative COVID tests within six days, most likely you have not caught COVID. And that's a good news. So I just want to spread that out that, you know, if you are scared or you have had a call, because Allison got a call at 1030 at night, I had Allison crying, right, Allison, (laughs) on the phone. Yeah. It that was, was so upsetting. It was ugh. so horrible. Oh yeah. And I, I just want to say, Michelle, you were fantastic. You calmed me right down. I mean, a very stressful situation with corner office up in the air. And also, I mean, the virus is scary. I mean, yeah. I, you just don't know, yeah. I think if you're vulnerable until you're exposed. So it's a little scary in that way, but yeah, it was not fun to get a call from the COVID officer. I got, I got a missed call. I'm like, it's 9.30. I'm having wine. Not now, phone call. And I get the text. It's it's Julie, the COVID officer. I need to talk to you right away. And just like, Go! oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Not fun, but it all worked out. It did. But yeah, I just wanted to reiterate, just, you know, definitely ask advice, ask for help. If anything happens like this, it's really important that you know all your rights and all your options if something like this happens to you, the actor. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're so glad you had such a great experience and that you were able to bounce from one set to another and not catch COVID. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, weird times, my friends. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Well, gang, well, 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 enough about me. Let's uh, I'd (laughs) I'd love to hear uh, some, some, some stuff from you guys. I've got a bunch of questions for you. If you guys are ready, if you're up for it, what do you say? We're ready. Put us in the hot seat. We're ready. Can you imagine if you're like, no, end of podcast. <laughs> no, we're going to talk about something else today. <laughs> Fuck so this. what you guys have Let's for lunch? Let's talk about That's shopping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's new and hot right now? Has anyone got any shopping binges? <laughs> no. Okay. So Not I'm going to gonna jump right in, guys. Uh, so these days uh, you can get uh, casting requests from many different ways, but one way is uh, getting a self-tape request from casting workbook. Now, question, do I need to confirm self-tapes and what is the best way to confirm to you guys as agents? Yes. Confirm everything. Every single thing that you get from your agent, please confirm right away. Um, We just need to confirm with casting that you are available or you will be taping. Um, Please note we're noticing this. A lot of people are replying to casting workbook. And if you, it'll say like maybe your agent's name, double check that email. Cause it's generally a no reply email. So your agent has not received anything. Or yeah, we've got nothing. You're taping. So we're going to be texting you and trying to figure out where the hell your confirmation is. Exactly. So if you're replying through, for example, casting workbook, it doesn't generally go your agent. So you have to add there their um, information in along with their assistants. So the assistants know what's happening too. But yes, confirm everything. And if you don't already have a push notification on your phone or email to notify you when your agent texts or emails you, please do that. Yeah, there's so many systems now. I mean, there's casting networks, LA Casting, Breakdown Services, aka Actors Access as the actors know of it, Casting Workbook. Um, I think the most important thing is learn how to confirm on all these systems. They're all very, very different. And at the same time, you should always let your agent know, but definitely find out how your agent wants to be confirmed because we do not want text messages at 9.30 at night because you finally decided to check your email. (laughs) 
do you guys ever sleep? That's my next question. No. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. kidding. I Between like midnight and 7 a.m. I, I turned my phone off because I had someone, I texted someone at six to notify them that they had received a commercial request and they didn't get back to me till 10 o'clock at night. They're like, oh, sorry, I changed my email and I didn't get the message. So it was like, first update your profiles, all your profiles, make sure it has the correct contact information. Um, if you ever change your email or telephone number. And also it's 10 o'clock at night, your agent's probably in bed or at least doing something better. So message them during office hours, ideally, <laughs> unless it's an emergency. Yeah. Always update us. I had an emergency last week because the client had been paid and we do an EFT, like an electronic funds transfer system. So we take care of everyone's payments. And of course he's like, oh, I forgot to give you my new bank account info. Don't send it to that account. It could be garnished. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I am on the phone with the help desk to reverse the charges. And I only had a couple hours and then they had to close while we were mid transaction. I was up at 6am the next morning to stop the transaction. I did manage to do it, but that is not a way to wake up your agent or send her into her evening or his. So <laughs> update your info, people. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. Just making everyone's job easier all around. I think that's very helpful to know. Now, okay, guys, brace yourself. I have a question about the glamorous T4s. Tax time. Oh, tax fucking oh, questions. Oh, oh, we are not accountants. No agents are accountants. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's just all uh, calm ourselves. Right now we're getting a little riled up here. Um, <laughs> about T4s. Uh, okay, so will I receive one T4 for all the work I did last year? So no. First. <laughs> <laughs> Is that clear enough? No. <laughs> Each project is individual and only union projects will supply a T4. Any non-union projects do not supply T4s. So those receipts and invoices that your agent sends you is for a reason. It's for your taxes at the end of the year. So keep them. Anything else about T4s? I'm I hate talking about taxes. Get your shit oh together. God, Prep your taxes. And I'm sorry, I have so many actors out there that never file their taxes. Get your shit together. <sighs> you have to file your taxes because guess what? You're not also qualifying for a tax credit for the productions. So you're actually hurting yourself and creating a negative impact on what you could be booking. Because think about it. If you've not paid taxes, well... Technically, you're not a resident. I mean, you are, but you're not. So to the production, you're mm. not. And so they actually lose money if they hire you. So it's 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 a catch-22. Get your shit together. Pay your taxes. <laughs> Do your dang taxes, people. You got Be on that? top of it. Um, also, if you're missing anything, you can contact cast and crew. Well, there's also Talent Payment Services, EP Canada. There's a bunch of different ones for the states, of course, because we're talking about more Canadian ones. So definitely, if you are missing any kind of form uh, regarding your taxes, or even if you need copies of the payments, please don't reach out to your agent and be like, hey, remember you paid me a year ago and I need the slip. Guess what? You can call the payment companies and get a copy of your slip yourself. Because guess what? You're big boys and girls. It's time to put on your big pants, right? Yes. I love the panic calls that we get of people. It's just like, yeah. oh, I'm going to my, I'm going to see my accountant in 30 minutes. Can you send me all the receipts from last year? <laughs> yeah. 
Come we get those. on. No, no, we get oh, them. We absolutely. get them when they're at the fucking appointment. Yeah, Hi, like, my accountant's breathing down my neck beside me and I need this. I'm like, well, no. uh, I'm actually on a Zoom call, so I can't help you at this moment. But be thank proactive. You for Make sure you have all your information. Double check that you've got, if you're missing a receipt or something, do it within a timely manner because if you're panicked, we also get panicked about trying to send you it and find it. And, you know, we have also other things to do, like try and find you a job. Well, I will yeah. also add that if you uh, do need to find your T4s, you can log on to your MyCRA account and they should be there as well. Ta-da! Ta-da! And again, that's from Canada. We are very much having a Canuck podcast today. Sorry, sorry, those around the world, but this is what's happening. We're in Canada. Yes. We're Canadians. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> so, so moving on, I think we've uh, exhausted the taxes enough for now. Um, so <laughs> we drinks. kind of, t- we were talking about a little bit earlier about COVID and everything. So uh, the next question is, I've had to do multiple COVID tests for my latest booking. Do I need to keep track of this? Yes, this is really important. This is something that unfortunately I find the unions really have not decided on a very effective system and neither have the productions. Let's not blame the union. It's a joint effort. Um, What's happening is when you book a job, you will be going to COVID tests. Your agent isn't told when your COVID tests are necessarily, sometimes the first one, but never any subsequent. So we are not watching when your payments come in if your COVID test payments are all on your checks. So it's very important that when you go to a COVID test, there is a sign-in sheet and especially a voucher. That's what they're using in Canada. I'm not sure what they're using in the States, but there's actually a sign-in voucher. That voucher then goes to the production's accountant so they actually acknowledge when the visit was done, when the testing was done and how much to pay you for. And depending on the production, most COVID tests are either a half day or a full day of work, depending on the rate. Most of them are a full day. So, you know, depending what your rate is, if you have an above scale payment, most likely your COVID test will be scale. That's how it's set up. If you're an actor role, you will make actor scale for a COVID test. If you're principal scale, you'll make principal scale for your COVID test. But just really make sure that you are watching when your earnings come in, that you have got the right payments for every part of your check. I really find that the accountants are over inundated right now and they really aren't putting their best work forward. I'm finding I'm having to do at least 20% corrections on all the payments are coming in and, you know, wardrobe fittings missing or the travel has been cut down or COVID tests are missing. And that's a lot of work for your agent to do on top of the day to day. So really be your own boss, watch what you're doing, know what dates you're on set, know what dates you wardrobe, know what dates you COVID test, then check your check stubs when you get them. Really important. Yeah. Do it right away. It's difficult if you're doing it months later, because let's say it was a movie of the week. Sometimes those productions have shut down. So trying to hunt down the money that you are owed is a pain in the butt. So make sure after every single project, after every single booking, you're double checking the payments for it so that you can correct anything right away. Yeah. And don't expect your agent Great to advice. do that. Exactly. That's, that's not, you know, obviously our job is to make sure you're getting paid correctly for your day rates and things like that and your travel. But COVID, like I said, guys, I wish we had a list of your dates, but we don't get them. So we have no idea when you're being COVID tested. And just because you let us know doesn't mean we're going to sit there and write it all down. That's a lot to expect from your agent. So just be your own COVID boss. That's right. Yeah. Actually, uh, I always take a picture of my sign-in sheet when I go to fittings, just so I have a record of it, just in case when the receipts come in and it's not there, you have a record of it. So I'd recommend doing that as well. 
It's a great that's idea. That's also really great, especially yeah. too, because if your wardrobe, for example, went over time, you get paid for overtime generally as well. So just be mindful of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I first went back to work after the pandemic and started having COVID tests, I really had no idea what sort of compensation there would be. If any, but I, <laughs> I, I, I assumed because, you know, being a union actor would be well taken care of. And then when I got my first check, I was like, wah, wah, my day rate. What, where else do you want to stick it? That's fine by me. Let's oh do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's the great part right now. Like, first off, you're being tested for COVID, which is pretty amazing in today's day and age. No one's really like, um, the fact that you're getting tested regularly and you have that um, sense of relief sometimes that you're like, great, I'm negative. I don't have to worry about it. Plus you're getting day rates for it. When was the last time you got like five day rates for a one day of work? Yeah, I know. We've had sometimes three COVID tests for one principal day on set. And you're just like, wow, you've made more on COVID. Now yeah. look, we're not, we're not thanking COVID. Believe me, we all want no, it no. to go away, but it's just a silver lining. No. Yes. <laughs> the yes. mini, the mini piece of silver and this, yeah, exactly. This massive gross Eeyore cloud that I want gone. I'm ready to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, it's, it certainly is a privilege to be able to be tested so frequently. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not a fail safe. It doesn't mean you can go party with your friends. No, no tendering. But, uh, Don't make out yeah. with a million people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you guys want to add on this topic or shall we move along? I need wine. I think we're good. <laughs> All right. I think we covered uh, the basics. Uh, waiter, waiter. <laughs> oh, I wish. Garcon. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's uh, get to talking about uh, special skills on a resume. Now, people can be very confused about what to put, what not to include. I mean, should I put my hacky sacking on there or uh, <laughs> is that just a relic of the 90s? Will this come up? Surely it will come back. Uh, what do you guys have to say? I think hacky would, sack is dead to us at this point. Oh, <laughs> no, no. you'd be amazed what casting is looking for. Sometimes, sometimes they're looking for people who can um, sign language. Um, they're looking for different languages that comes up a lot. Um, different sports, all sorts like skiing, skateboarding. If you can sing, if you can play an instrument, all of these are relevant. So horseback riding is a big one. Horseback. Absolutely. So, um, Make sure that you are writing down as much as you can within reason. We don't need a full resume of all your special skills, but 30 you know, special skills a listed. Good, a good amount and make sure that you're sufficient at it and you're not just adding it in um, because we've had people, we've submitted them for something because they, let's say they spoke uh, Japanese. So we've added them into a role, but yet when they get the audition, they're like, oh, I, I don't really know Japanese too well. So... I don't think I could do this. So yeah, only put down what you can do, please. Yeah. Like, and, and update, do well. Yeah. Update your resumes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I love the girls that did dance way back in the day, like when they were in high school and now they're 30 and they're like, my ballet skills aren't great anymore. I'm like, I just put you in for fucking, you know, what I want to say is like the lead of black swan. You can't yeah, do the that. lead of black swan. <laughs> exactly. I think it's time to end that. It's like the Joey from friends thing that we've talked about before. If you can't speak fucking French, don't put it on your resume. What was it? Flea flap flu. Flea flap flu. <laughs> Me mamou. Yeah. Je m'appelle. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hacky sacking, it will be on my resume. I had some, we have someone that has stripper. Um, they have stripper. 
I laughed. I laughed pretty hard at that one. That hasn't come up. I haven't seen that come up for things. Also, um, that information is also on your resumes, which are on the casting sites. And sometimes when casting is looking for something very specific, they'll just look that up on the casting sites as well. So your profiles will come up. So if you can, and if you do have some special skills in certain areas, definitely make sure it's mentioned on your resume. Okay. I have to sideline for this for a second or sidebar. Um, I got a submission recently from an actor who sent his headshot and resume and at the bottom of the, the email, it had his Instagram and on it, he <gasps> said he was into all this different sex play and that he loves, and I'm not going to say what he loves because he, you know, named a race and said he's we ready had to, to Google go. it. There oh was my God. We had to Google <laughs> the shit on this thing. I'm going to send it to you, Allison, when I can find it, just so you can piss your pants or I hope you don't piss your pants. So you can laugh because it is, guys, keep in mind, we pay attention to everything in Soto's production. So I know we're talking about special skills right now, but I want to alert the fact that this guy was trying to get an agent and instead he basically let us know what he's into sexually and good for you, but we don't need to know. I mean, this had a lot of us laughing. I had a U.S. manager on the phone and I read it out loud and man, did we have a massive giggle. So thank you for that, but it's not going to be good for your career. Well, actually, I have my, my porn industry. <laughs> I yeah. have my own question about that. So, how important is a social media following these days when it comes to casting? Would you say has that come up? I know in the states it seems to be a bit of a thing sometimes. How many followers someone has, or or even what's the content of their Instagram? Yeah. Perhaps if it's like a Hallmark show, if it's not sort of family friendly, would that ever come into play? Have you seen that affect an actor before? Of getting course. Of be course. aware of content, especially yeah. be aware. Also think about if you're in Vancouver, for example, think about the productions that are shooting here. It's Hallmark, it's Lifetime, it's, you know, uh, network television, it's Disney. Be aware of what's, you know, around you. I had a friend of mine who was, um, had a bit more of an out there persona on Instagram. And I was trying to warn them of just being mindful of their public persona Keep but in mind, no matter where you are, your social media presence is so critical. If you want to have a really sexy social media account, I don't mean like you looking good in great clothes. I mean, sexy um, or bizarre or odd or showing some very personal choices that no one really should know about. Have a private account because your mm -hmm. public account is watched. So definitely make sure that your social media presence is amazing and good and all about what you're about. And if you're going to apply to an agent, make sure it's not about your sexual preferences. I mean, like sexual play. <laughs> That's what wow. it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Well, I think yeah. that goes to, it goes for anyone in any industry. I mean, if it's on the internet, it's there forever. You just have to be mindful. Don't post anything that you wouldn't want your grandmother seeing. Yeah. And this yeah. is, I know we're jumping even further about this, but yeah. also it, it, you have to be a good human. If you want to have success, you have to be a good human. And what I mean by that is try not to make bad decisions. Like if you've had too much wine or too many beers or as me and Nicole like tequila, don't drive. Because if you get a DUI, guess what? You can't get a visa. There are things that will stop you progressing in your career that you will not think about down the road. So don't also, be an that ass. mugshot is shown every single yes. time mentioned. <laughs> it will be on the Googles. They will Google it and find it. So yeah, any kind of criminal record is normally public record. That's out there as well. I mean, it goes a long way. You've got to be a good human. 
This is for all industries. I used to work in retail before, and I remember um, I applied for a, I applied to a company. I had just like a funny. I think I had a funny Facebook. This is this is back in the day. I had a funny Facebook photo of me giving the middle finger, and um, the regional manager had looked me up on Facebook, and that was the first time I realized that oh, I have to be aware of that as well. This is well over a decade ago, but you know it's from a business perspective, you need to make sure you're also putting yourself out in a professional sense. Wow. Yeah. I changed my photo right away. (laughs) I mean, look, we don't want you to all be robots and not express who you are. You have to be individual. It's just watch what you express and how you express it. That's all we're saying. And it's only because you're in the public eye. You choose to have a very quiet life, which isn't public. That's fine. Or if you have a career as an accountant, lawyer, fine, do whatever you fucking want. You're an actor. You are a public figure. Soon as you start becoming successful, you're a public figure. What you show the world is what they learn from you. So just be careful. We're going to move on here from uh, trying to get back on track here. Uh, if we can, I don't know if we can, but we'll try. Uh, so Friday. my next question is about self-submitting, yay or nay, as far in any phase of an actor's career. Can you speak to, to that? You got yay. an agent? You don't need to self-submit. <laughs> Yeah, if Michelle. you <laughs> yeah, if you have if you have a reputable agent or manager, you shouldn't be self-submitting. I find self-submitting is like self-sabotaging. I know a lot of coaches out there recommend like researching online and trying to find indie films, but what do they really do for the actor? This is my question. I rather take a brand new actor and put them on a small part on a good series or feature, then know they did 10 student films. Like those student films, I'm probably gonna have to track down one day and hide the footage. I don't want that footage out there. So what are you really gaining from self-submitting? That's my big question. I know a lot of people say it's it gives them the experience to be on set. I know that comes up a lot. That's one of their reasoning for what they hear about Um, to gain more set experience, just to go on these, you know, smaller shoots or independent shoots. But Um, they're not like a big set, as we can say, right, Nicole? Like if you do an indie set and the budget's $1,000, what are you really experiencing? It's not like going on a first day on Batwoman. I mean, I've had clients do this. They've started with indie films and we're talking about very small micro budget. We're talking like $5,000 budget films. And I've always said, well, how was your experience? Did you really learn much? Oh my God, no. When I went to my first big set, it was so overwhelming. It was so this, it's still always going to have that impact. Your first booking. I mean, Allison, how was it for you? Like your first big booking. And I don't mean a small part, but on a big set, it, mm. you can't get that from an indie film set, unless it's like a passion film and you've got a great um, producer, a great director, some fabulous writer who are just getting some buddies together and creating a cool film. That's a whole other situation. But again, an agent should have access to that. So I'm just curious what your experience was, Allison, going on your first big set. Yeah. um, My first big set, uh, it would have been uh, back in 2003 when I still lived in Winnipeg. And uh, a production came to Winnipeg that was actually meant to shoot in Toronto, but actually moved to Winnipeg because there was a SARS outbreak there. So another pandemic issue. So they moved production to Winnipeg and the production was called Shall We Dance? I remember Shall We Dance. 
Yes, it starred uh, Jennifer Lopez and Richard Gere. And I was uh, dancing pretty much full-time professionally at the time. And they put an ad in the newspaper saying they were looking for Latin ballroom dancers. And I was like, man, I'm more of a hip-hop jazz arena type. But, uh, you know, I, I, I could fake it till I make it. So long and the short of it is, I ended up booking this, uh, this part and got to do... Uh, uh, rehearsals with uh, the choreographer from Moulin Rouge and uh, got to dance with Stanley Tucci. And uh, it was pretty overwhelming, but I didn't have any lines. So that was my first big experience. But my first real uh, sort of speaking role uh, was, uh, I would say probably the most significant one was on Fringe, where I played a receptionist at the FBI agency and I had a scene with Joshua Jackson. And oh, boy, I love oh, Josh Jackson. Oh, he was Hello. very nice. Yeah. And <laughs> oh boy, I was a nervous Nelly. Let me tell you, because you get, you can really freak yourself out by seeing how many people are on set, like how much goes into it. There's so much that you don't see as the viewer or as an auditioning actor who hasn't actually booked yet. So many moving parts. So I would, I felt really intimidated by all, all the people watching and, and, you know, I got, I got through it, but you know, it, it was a, it was, a, it was an interesting experience that is definitely different from a student film, but I also would not always knock a student film because it gives you a chance to get comfortable in front of the camera. It gives you a chance to sort of learn the techniques of, of on-camera acting and eye lines and that sort of thing. So I'm, I, in my perspective, I'm not totally mad about doing a student film or two to get yourself going because it, it would be a bit of a jump from doing nothing to going straight to set, if that makes any sense. But I do see your perspective on the concern over the quality of work that the student film is. So I would just be careful what the production is and don't just, you know, be thirsty and take whatever you can get, even though it might be kind of crappy. It, be, be as picky as you can. I know that's a privilege, but uh, that's sort of my perspective on it. I but think you that's also good. And said, I, like, show me dance. Like, you submitted yourself because you were a dancer. So, this is something really important right now. Yeah. Dancers, there is a lot of times where there are open calls for dancers, and they're great open calls, like for big feature films. Mm -hmm. So, if you are a dancer, it is very important to watch out for those open calls. Cause I know Disney's done them. I know some of the theater productions have done them. I know some of the big features cause that's something we don't offer. And there's not a lot of dancing agents or managers out there or dancer agents, managers. So I think that's really cool that you got that great experience from self-submitting. So like you said, just be very picky. And especially right now, guys, like make sure they have COVID protocols. Cause a lot of these indie films were a little more mm. scared about the fact that, you know, if you're on one small set and they're not being safe, what could you be bringing to a different set. So be mindful as well. If you are a union member, you cannot do anything that's non-union. So yes, please don't to be mindful of <laughs> your agent yes. gets fined if you're caught and so it's not you. a fun thing and you yeah. get fined and you get stripped of your union status. And let me just tell you, it's a very painful process that I was exposed to about a decade ago. And, uh, they made a example of me and one other agent. And what the worst part is, is the client booked the gig on their own without telling me. Oh, it wasn't a self my... submission. It was a self submission for a shitty music video, and I think it paid her a hundred dollars. Fun times for oh, me. Oh boy! So that's another danger of self submissions. Make sure if you're union, only do union, and if you're non-union, and also you have to be safe too. I mean, there's a lot of there can be a lot of creepy casting notices out there, and if it says come to the hotel room, 
just just use your common sense and and be safe and tell people where you're going. So I would also suggest that if you're self-submitting and and you're not represented in doing sort of independent non-union stuff as well. No, Allison, that's such a good point. And and I would like to say, if you are going to go to an independent audition and it looks like it's in someone's home, do the buddy system, please. I don't agree with actors going to homes. It should be in a casting office. And right now it should be on self-tape anyways. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if you are going to an environment that you don't know, please do the buddy system and do not leave each other alone, especially if you're female or male, doesn't matter, but especially Mm -hmm. female, please be careful out there. Absolutely. On a happy note, it's Friday. (laughs) That was getting dark. This is all important information because sometimes you can get you can get caught up in the moment and be very excited about a really great opportunity and not quite realize what's actually happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're gonna change uh, change the subject a little bit. Now, you guys have a pretty cool gig, I would say. You know, people think it's pretty glamorous and exciting. I mean, you deal with pretty cool actors, if I do say so myself. Uh, But uh, what do you love about being an agent and what do you maybe not love so much? (laughs) I'm just laughing because Nicole and I had this conversation, I think, last week. She said, remind yourself what you love of this job. Do you remember saying this to me? Because I was having a shit couple weeks. And I think what, oh my gosh, I love this job so much, but it's definitely changed over the years. When I started as an agent, it was more about discovering talent, booking the talent and celebrating with the talent and really seeing them grow and be proud of them. And them, you know, being grateful for the work and us kind of celebrating this amazing kind of dream making stuff. Cause of course it's make-believe. I mean, what we do is a job of make-believe. Um, and I think for me, I loved working with kids because kids, they're just so kind. I mean, yes, you have to be careful of the parents, but most, I, all the parents I work with are great. Um, it's, it's definitely changed. I find that the more the talent gets bigger or that they're doing bigger gigs and they're making more money, it feels like it shifts. It's not about the enjoyment of the craft sometimes anymore or the enjoyment of the work. And when an actor loves the work, that's when I love being an agent when it comes about silly things like, well, my chair didn't have my name on it and they made me come in half an hour early and they weren't ready for me. And I sat in my trailer or my name wasn't on a single card, which is by itself in the front titles. It was on a shared card, even though that's what had been negotiated as a shared card. It's when the, when the, the fun is lost, that's when I struggle. You know, I used to love mm-hmm. celebrating and, and watching a client do well, going to the premieres, going to the red carpets, helping out with the interviews, doing press junkets with them in New York and LA. Unfortunately, COVID has really put a damper on all this and I don't get to experience going to set. Like I would have loved to come see you on set, Allison. And this yeah. is the thing. So the hard work is still here. And now Nicole and I are working way longer hours, but the enjoyment isn't here as much. And I think that's Mm. what I'm struggling with right now. So I have to really go back and remind myself what's the great stuff that I love. And that's why I think it'd be fun if Nicole and I start doing maybe some workshops and working with actors, because I miss that connection. I miss that connection, working with people and helping people grow. 
That's one thing that I love too, just being in the office. And I think that's one of the things I'm missing right now is just when we were in the office, sometimes uh, actors would come in if they were stuck to self-tape. So they would come in and I would get a chance to read with them or work with them or shoot the shit. Or it was nice to have that connection as well with our actors. And then even too, with Michelle and I being across, across the desk from each other, every single time, like a callback would come in or someone got pinned or there was a booking we would like, we would really get excited and celebrate. So I think we're we even open champagne together or we'd order donuts or we, so this is, I think I was talking to a couple casting directors as well this week. And a lot of us are saying we're missing the connection because I think we do this job to connect with people. We do this job to be a team. And right now it's such a weird time that we're all, yes, we're a team, but we're isolated within the team. So I really need COVID to go away. <laughs> That's what I need to do. You just want to go to LA too. No, you know, yeah. I mean, look, obviously it's strange. I think travel, you know, when it becomes a little bit more fun, I want to go away right now. I just hold the idea of masking and plexi everywhere. And I don't know. I don't want premieres to be different. I don't want press junkets to be different. I would like, I would like some of the romance and some of the fun and passion to come back into the job. That's what I feel is being stripped. And we're all working such long hours that you used to have fun celebrating with a casting director over a booking. They'd call you and you'd celebrate on the phone. You'd chat about it. Now it's email and text and no one's really connecting. It's, it's very weird. So I'm not saying I don't love the job anymore. I just feel it's been stripped of some of the most beautiful parts of it right now. So... I'm hoping that we get that back and really soon because mm-hmm. when it's just day in, day out of emails and long breakdowns, I also miss monotonous. our, like we had, <laughs> we would always have the best Christmas parties with all the act. I love those Christmas parties are the best because everyone can kind of come together. Yeah. And we all have such a good time and we celebrate and it's just a great, yeah. I think it's just that connection. Yeah, that last one was great. On birthdays, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a good one. The last Christmas party. Oh, so Christmas! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know, and like the anniversary is coming up, April Fool's Day, April one. And I was trying to think. I'm like, I don't want to do another fucking Zoom celebration. Like yeah. it's, it's you know, look. So I'm not complaining. I'm sad. That's the truth. I may this might sound like I'm complaining about the job. I'm not. I'm sad. I'm truly sad. And I think what's harder is that also it was one thing to manage expectations and personalities when we weren't in COVID. But now everyone is in a pressure cooker. Everyone is isolated. Everyone is struggling in some way, whether it's they can't see their family or they've lost income or something has shifted in their life. And so it's not just dealing with the day-to-day pressures, but also dealing with, you know, how am I doing? Like I've hit some depressing days. That's for sure. I'm going to be honest here. Like I'm a very positive person. And there have been days where I'm like, I just want to hide under the covers. This isn't fun. So you're not alone if you're having those moments, but just know we will celebrate soon because I like to fucking celebrate and I'm sick of this shit. So let's just get over it. Mm-hmm. Well, the vaccine's on the horizon, light at the end of the tunnel, guys. Yes. It's going to, yeah. it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it. Like, I'm, I don't mean to be a damper, but it's just like, it's been a year. If you told yeah. me this last year, I would be, yeah. even when Michelle and I were chatting about it, we were like, I said, three months tops, three months yeah. tops. But you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad someone didn't say it was a year. Cause I think that would have been even more devastating. Daunting. It would have been daunting. You, wouldn't totally. have even, you couldn't have even like calibrated it in your head. 
it's like, no, 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 no. we'll be fine. <laughs> we are very fortunate. I have to say we are so fortunate to be in Vancouver. The weather's been amazing. We have not been in some serious lockdowns like other provinces and countries have been. So we, I'm very fortunate for being here, but um, yeah, there's definitely been an adjustment and I will say though, it is nice to be able, I'm very fortunate to be able to work from home and we are able to just do our jobs in a way at home. Actors are able to self-tape from home. We're able to be on our computers. So that has actually been a blessing. Um, I worked in retail uh, before this and the thought of being in a mask for eight plus hours a day and exposed to so many different people. I, in a store, I, I couldn't even imagine I would be well, handling the lineups too. I mean, there's yeah, so many angry ugh. people that were stuck outside and especially remember the lineups in the cold and the rain, like Zara has a line of a 50 people on Robson street stuck outside in the rain. I'm like, why are you waiting to shop? Go home. Like, it's not Go that online. exciting. <laughs> Go online. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. Man. Well, yeah. Well, I, I think things will get better eventually, but uh, you just got to hang on to the good stuff. What are you missing? What are you, what do you love about being an actor and what <sighs> are you missing right now? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sort of of two minds of the whole self-taping uh, from home situation. I like it in a sense in that I have complete control over the audition that I deliver and I can sort of self-direct. Like I, I was saying the other day, it actually feels like I'm almost giving myself uh, my own coaching because I can do the scene. I look back and I can say, oh, no, I didn't like that moment. Oh, I've got an idea from this. So you can kind of self-coach. And I actually feel like it's made me a better actor. And I feel like I've been auditioning more. I'm not sure if you guys can speak to this, but uh, I'm not sure if I'm doing so well, <laughs> or it's just casting, seeing more people because it, there's not like a set time. And to see people. So maybe more people are getting seen because you can just self tape and it's a, it's a lot less time consuming than, than I think a lot more studio people space. casting is seeing a lot more people than we're calling out a lot more self tapes than we were auditions, I would say. And I think casting seeing a lot more. They're seeing two to three times what they ah. couldn't see in a room. So let's say that you see Which like 12 to 15, they're seeing up to 45 people on self-tape. But at the same time, that's a lot more work for casting. I'm so grateful mm. we're getting the opportunities, but it's a lot more work for them. But they love that they can now discover talent maybe they couldn't see before or, you know, open their eyes to, like I said, new talent or just give another person a shot that wouldn't have had it. So, you know, but again, casting's really struggling without connecting to the actors because guess what? The mm. redirects, there's no redirects. That's anymore. exactly my point. Yeah. I mean, I can redirect yeah. myself, but sometimes you have an idea of a role and you're like, yeah, nailed it. Yeah. You go in and they're like, uh, no, 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 no. It's actually this. It's the opposite of what you think, or it's more heightened or downplay it more. Yeah. Like they, they spoken to production directors and they know what they're looking for. Yeah. So I've def definitely missed that. And I know they do their best in breakdowns to be as clear as they can so that they can yeah. get what they want. They want you to do a good job. They want, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, that's we love Tiffany Mac notes. I freaking love Tiffany Mac and all of her notes. <laughs> You know what though? I think the hard part is though, is as we know, redirects right now are being done like, Hey, can you retape? But then you've got such 
little time to retape. So mm. we are getting the occasional redirect. That's why if you have an opportunity to zoom with a casting director, I know a lot of you actors are loving self-tape, but the difference is if you can zoom with casting, you can get that opportunity to redirect. And believe me, it's being, it's, it's doing well for the actor. If you can be on a zoom audition with the casting director, plus keep in mind, they've read the scripts. So they know, and they've heard the notes from producers and directors. They know what they're looking for. Unfortunately, I don't know why in Canada we're getting given very few scripts to provide to our actors, which, I mean, it's so funny. Corner Office, prime example, the movie you just booked, like mm -hmm. you didn't have the script in advance. All of a sudden you read the script, it's like, oh my God, this all makes sense now. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it does a disservice to the actor when we can't provide a script. Now, of course, episodics, the scripts are never provided until the booking because they can't give away what's happening on the show. But features mm -hmm. in movie of the weeks, it would be nice. It would be nice to have something or a pilot, especially. So in the States, they give them out more regularly than Canada. That's why you just have to have a really great Canadian agent if you're in Canada who has contacts in the States that can get the scripts. <laughs> we love those US contacts that send yeah, you the script do. and you're like, oh, perfect. You can kind of add it in. And then it's just like this additional bonus information for the actor when they're taping. So let's let's move on. So what should an actor look for or what sort of research should, should they do when looking for a representation from an agent? This is a fun one. <laughs> IMDb should be your first stop. You're your all-stop shop at IMDb. I think the biggest thing for me doesn't matter if you're in Australia, you're in the US, you're in Canada. If you have a legitimate agent that you're interested in meeting with and they have offered to meet with you, definitely check their IMDb, see what actors are on their roster, see if, who else they work with. Um, also see who those actors are repped by. It, it's nice to do some sleuthing, I call it, and really get to know what they're about. Also check their Instagram, check their website if they have one. Uh, and ask other actors. Now, don't always take every actor's opinion because if someone has been dropped by that agent or manager, they might not have the best opinion because of course we all have feelings, lots of feelings. So we might not give the and best different advice. different experiences. Different experiences, <laughs> yes. You know, what one uh, actor will experience with an agent, another actor may not. Like, you know, again, I've had actors that think I'm the best and I've had the occasional actor that's like, meh. You're not for me, which is sad, but so I think it's, it's a fit. It's like dating, you know, that right partner is specific to you. It's not gonna be right for everyone. Uh, just make sure that they're established, make sure that they have decent credits and decent clients. And hopefully they have some clout in the industry. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're experienced or, or lacking experience. I think the biggest thing is anyone can get a great agent. And it doesn't matter if you're new or experienced and looking to make a change. So don't rush the process. That's what I'd like to say. Don't rush the process. You were talking, uh, uh, we were chatting before about an IMDb rating. Is there like mm -hmm. a rating that you would kind of like minimum baseline be looking for if you're looking up IMDb? This is the thing. If you look up IMDb and, and the actors are all above 15K, as their star meter, there's a problem. Like all established agents should have someone below a thousand or within like a thousand or 2000 uh, for their start. I mean, if you look up CAA, they rep like number three, number six, number eight, number 10, you know? So, um, but again, look, you can sign with CAA. It doesn't mean you're gonna have a great experience. They can land a plane in their reception area, which is really intimidating, but it doesn't mean you're going to have a great experience. So keep in mind, it's not the agency. I know I've said this before. It's the agent within the agency or the manager within the agency or sorry, manager within. Yeah. 
within the company. It's really important that you treat everyone as an individual because just so your friend experienced something fabulous with WME in LA doesn't mean you will. Maybe you'll have a better experience with a smaller boutique agency. It's where the passion lies. Just make sure they have good connections and, you know, some experience behind their belt. Like this is, I can't believe I'm going to say this. This is my 25th year. So 24th as 25th as an agent. And, you know, I have learned so much. And even though I had these amazing actors that gave me a really good shot when I was new, oh my God, I thank you so much. How did you trust me being in a basement suite with a newborn baby? And my desk was in my kitchen next to my fridge. I love you all. (laughs) But you know, I think they saw something in me. So if you see something in someone and just know that that's your person, it's okay to sign with them. Just maybe don't get, don't sign a contract right away. My advice would be sleuth them. If you have a good feeling about them, don't sign an agreement, do a trial basis with a new agent, give it three months, see how they do. If they do fabulous, sign the fucking contract. Just don't sign a contract too early because they really can hold you down for at least a year. And read the contract, please read the contract. There's a lot of information in there. And I know it's can be, you know, daunting and it's legal jargon and that sort of thing, but be aware of holds and termination and those types of things, because, um, that can, well, man, that can really hurt you in the long run. And what they're commissioning on, right, Nicole? Like this is the thing, like, let's say you're a singer and you come to them, but you generate some of your own work. If you don't specify that you're singing is separate from your acting, they can commission on it. So just be really aware of what you're signing, Um, protect yourself and just, you know, guys, this should be a fun thing. Enjoy this. I know right now it's, it's just a lot, a lot of self tapes, a lot of commitment, a lot of hours for me and Nicole and all those agents and managers out there. Just just appreciate it. I appreciate you know being I know we appreciate it so much because the work that we get to see everyone's auditions, which is super cool. Yeah. Before I'd say we would maybe see you. Yeah. You see the 25% of self tapes that come in that was happening before, but to see, and I know it's so great to see the progress that people are making and the work that people are putting out there. And, and you know what casting is responding because we're seeing them pull in a lot of the people on our roster that maybe they weren't seeing before they're constantly bringing them in now more and more. So it is exciting to see the progress. Well, well, the other thing is too, is you can see, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I can see the progress now. The difference mm-hmm. is I didn't know when I signed an actor six months later, they might've been training, but I don't know where they're going unless they're doing a self tape because self tapes were 10% of our auditions before. Now I get to, I watch everything, which is exhausting, but so amazing because now I'm like, oh my God, this person is doing amazing. I'm pushing them here. I'm elevating them here. I'm putting them in for leads. So for me, it's a huge gift to see where the client's at constantly. That's great. Every day. Yeah. All day. Now, now, so if, <laughs> if someone's researching an agent and they go on their, their profile, see uh, or website and see what clients they have, uh, should an actor be aware if they see someone who's similar to them, that could be competition within the roster? Is that something an actor should be looking out for? Or should you just stay in your lane and trust the agent if they say you're a good fit or not? What would you say? Trust the agent. Every single person is a unique being. And yes, I'm a, I'm a white 40 year old woman. I'm sure there's a lot of other white 40 year old women. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you know what? I'm going to bring my own essence and my own sense of something to a role. I could be maybe more serious or maybe the other person on the roster is more, more comedy. You are different. 
you are, you have a different essence and yeah, you might look similar and casting might bring you in for similar roles or age ranges, but you're bringing something completely different. So trust in your individuality. The only thing I would add to that is that I think right now, a lot of agents are stockpiling on diverse talent. So if, you know, the other day I checked a list of someone who had called for one of my clients who's Asian and I checked their list and it's all of a sudden all these top clients big top clients. Like I'm not going to list the shows, but everything on Netflix that you're watching, that's number one, two, three, four, they repped like at least four or five of those leads. But what I noticed is if I kept going down their IMDb, there was about 30 new ethnic talent. And that is a lot. That means someone's trying to stockpile their diverse talent. That means they're throwing spaghetti at the wall. That doesn't mean they're like, this person's really like Nicole saying unique. I'm just going to take on two or three. That's someone taking them as almost like, I need more to make sure I have enough. So that's the only thing I'd tell you to watch out for. Make sure that that agent isn't stockpiling or taking on a ton. Like I heard there's a couple of agents right now in Canada and the US that are literally taking on like 30, 40, 50 new talent. As long as you're not in that pile, you're okay. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I'd tell you to watch out because Nicole's 100% right on being unique and you're unique. And if someone thinks you're fabulous, great trust them, just make sure they're not just taking, like if they just took on four of your friends, run, run. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. How about you guys? Mm-hmm. What are we drinking? Is it <laughs> the weekend yet? <laughs> I've, I've got my tequila already. Oh my God. Yeah. Well guys, thank you so much. And Allison, we so appreciate you being here and sharing your story of corner office and your, your first gig on shall we dance with Jennifer Lopez. That's a pretty good first gig. Hey, really? (laughs) Not too shabby. Not shabby at all. I think it's time for Friday. I think it's time to crack the wine and have tequila. (laughs) 